imagine if you could overhear private, unfiltered conversations between the world's most influential and inspirational women? Now you can. Welcome to Leadership Global, where you'll hear from inspiring leaders who will help you define your vision, grow your leadership, expand your influence, and increase your impact to leave a lasting legacy. Hello, everyone, and welcome to this week's edition of Lead Hership Global. We are so glad that all of you have joined us today, and we've got a really exciting next 30 minutes for you. You are going to be able to hear from Karen Mangia, the Vice President of Customer and Market Insights at Salesforce. She is a TEDx speaker, a customer experience leader, an author, and today she's going to be talking to us about how to listen to the one source of your prosperity, profits, and productivity, that is your customers. You know, there really is only one voice that you should be listening to. It is the voice of the customer. Your customers are the number one source of your organization's prosperity, profits, and productivity. And today we're going to learn how to create a customer experience that built on listening and designed for engagement. Learn from Karen how best to breed companies listen and respond to customer demands, creating a foundation of customer success, loyalty, and brand evolution. Karen Mangia today will be talking to us about powerful personal stories and unflinching corporate examples of companies that aren't afraid to push the envelope when it comes to customer loyalty, services, and success. The actionable insights that you're about to hear today will help you better connect with your customers and gain actionable insights and undeniable lead over your competition. We'll explore how powerful new questions can offer fresh perspectives to any customer anywhere, and those perspectives can empower your customer-facing teams, including your sales team. Karen is a really special guest, and we're so lucky to have her with us today. She is an internationally recognized thought leader whose TEDx experience, keynotes, blogs, and books reach hundreds of thousands of business leaders every single year. She's the author of Working From Home, Making the New Normal Work For You, as well as Listen Up, How to Tune Into Customers and Tune Down the Noise, and also Success With Less. Karen is a prolific blogger and a sought-after media interview. She's been featured in Forbes and regularly contributes in Thrive Global and ZDNet. As the Vice President of Customer and Market Insights at Salesforce, she engages current as well as future customers around the world to discover new ways of creating success through growth together. Prior to Salesforce, Karen spearheaded the customer satisfaction experience at Cisco Systems. So welcome, Karen. It's so great to be here, especially because it was getting a little lonely in my home office. I don't know about you, but the opportunity to be on a screen with someone else and and to practice both those listening techniques you were referring to, but the opportunity to collaborate is such a pleasure. Thank you so much. We are just so lucky to have you. 
And I really want to sincerely thank you for joining us today. So Karen, to begin with, tell us a little bit about your journey and what's led you to have such passion around this idea of customer service, customer success, and customer satisfaction. Well, when I think back, it kind of takes me back to a question, which is what did you want to be when you grew up? Now, in my case, I was in university and I was working for a professor and my job was to follow up on surveys that he would send to radio and television news directors. And I would call the non-responders and I would offer to either send another survey or administer it over the phone. And I can picture sitting in his office, pouring over these responses and trying to understand what it means. And then we would talk about the insights and he would write some articles that would get published. That led me to think that it would be the coolest job out of university to work for Nielsen Ratings. And the great irony in that is I didn't do my research because when I did, I discovered they were headquartered in Iowa. And as a university student, I wasn't excited about living in Iowa. So I actually put that dream on the shelf. We all have these moments, right? And went on about my career in sales and you know customer experience. And along the way, I had this moment of realization. Suddenly when I was you know, leading this big team doing partner experience and customer experience at Cisco, and we were sending out surveys and I was preparing for this career conversation with my boss and that's when it hit me. I kind of am the Nielsen Ratings employee now. I just happen to work at Cisco. And so I've always just been curious about people's stories, you know, why they make the decisions they make, you know, what takes them to where they are and where they can go next. And fortunately for me, that that dream deferred came back to life without ever having to pack a U-Haul and move to Iowa. (laughs) That's a great story. And you're right. When you're in that particular stage of your career and at that age, the idea of living in Iowa may not be nearly as attractive as an exciting city like LA or New York. And Karen, it does look like all of your career aspirations have certainly come to fruition. And in fact, in your book, Listen Up, which is all about customer experience, you note that some of the statistics and stories behind companies, organizations, and even city governments that have created a customer-centric culture. So what are some of the stories and statistics that you found most surprising when you were doing your research? What was most surprising to you and why? The three most powerful words in leadership. And I think that's what showed up for me time and time again. They are, I hear you. I mean, there is something so powerful and so human about feeling heard. And, you know, what has really been interesting to me over time is what happens in the difference between organizations that that try to manage relationships or hear from their customers by the numbers versus those that hear a combination of the numbers, which are important. And you need trends and those kinds of insights at scale and also match that with the stories and really bringing that real voice of the customer to life. And, you know, as I was thinking about one of my favorite stories that I discovered along the way of researching the book, it was about a CEO who almost lost everything because she thought she and her company had a great customer listening program and they discovered they have blind spots. And for her, this showed up in the moment on a Friday at the end of the day 
when she received an email from the CEO of their largest customer that represented over half of their revenue. And it just said, you're fired. Don't bother showing up on Monday. Don't send your services. Well, I mean, she panics, right? I mean, she's known this person for a long time and she's doing what, what we would all do in that moment, right? It's, I will respond to the email. I will call you. I will take, I mean, every possible mode of communication and it's met with no response. And, you know, and as she starts to unwind this story, what she realized is that she was resting on the relationship and not always doing a check-in about what might be current. I mean, her default belief, and we all think this, right? Well, if my biggest customer is about to leave, I mean, I have the kind of relationship with them that they'll certainly call me first. And what we find is people vote much more often with their funds than they do with their survey scores. And so, you know, what that alerted her to was really a need for a change. She said, I, I felt like I got slapped across the face and the wind knocked out of me at the same time. And I never wanted to feel that way again. And so she went from that moment to a total turnaround and now has 100% customer retention, which is remarkable. But what she realized was at the core, listening and connecting and understanding your customers is about doing that continuously and not just in one way. It's not just a survey or just a focus group or just a win-loss or just a renewal. It's how do you build a culture centered around the customer and how do you really hear what's being said? You know, the message beyond the message. Yeah, that's such great insight. And I love that story. That is your worst nightmare to have the key client that is responsible for the majority of the revenue it, for your entire company to all of a sudden leave with no explanation and no seeming uh, alarm bells. There were no flags that she could see before he left. And I got to tell you, that is I think every sales leader or marketing leader's worst nightmare, that is so scary. But I love um, what we can learn from that story. So Karen, when you think about some of the lessons that every company can learn from really scary stories like that, what do you think are the most important three key learnings that every leader should pay attention to with really, really scary stories like that? The first one is unhappy customers are your best source of innovation. And that might sound surprising. What I've found over time, though, is the customers who have spent with you or who have contracts with you are committed, even when things might not be going according to plan. And your ability to tap into someone who's invested, but there's conflict is the kind of customer that when you engage them is willing to find a way forward with you. You know, they're typically willing to get involved in rolling up their sleeves and collaborating and co-creating a path forward. So it's critically important. And, and for every member of the organization to be able to tap into that moment of unhappiness, whether it's a senior executive or, you know, someone on the front line who might be directly owning the solution or some of the relief. The second one is it's critical to to bring yourself outside of the numbers. You know, I call it numb to the numbers. You know, it's easy to start saying, oh, this trend line looks a certain way, or we all got our bonus that's tied to the feedback or whatever that looks like for you. And what gets lost in those numbers are the people and the use cases behind those stories. 
You know, what you're really going for is the context and the opportunity to understand how the context might be shifting to get what, what you wisely called out as some of those earlier detection signals about the health of the relationship. You know, I think about, you know, those once a year check-ins that we kind of tend to do with customers, whether that's live or in a survey, as kind of like a, a moment in your relationship with your significant other, right? It's your anniversary. You're going to go out to dinner. And if you looked that person, your partner in the eye and said, well, are we going to break up or stay together for the next year? You really shouldn't be shocked at the response, right? I mean, you should inherently kind of have a feeling. And I think that's what we're going for. We don't want that once a year health check-in to be something that's a surprise party. The third one is really thinking about how to look in the direction of outcomes. You know, what is it that we can create together? What is the outcome we're trying to achieve? And when we create that with our customers and when we use those outcomes as a way to work across maybe organizational silos, what happens is we get to create the future together that we're envisioning. We create, you know, milestones that are based on are we making progress, whether than being time-bound to check in if we're if we're on our way there, and we can make these little adjustments along the way. And I think the other thing that looking in that direction of outcomes and what can we create and what does success look like together, it gives people an invested ownership stake, both at your company and at your customer. And for all of us, I mean, we feel greater ownership and pride in what we get to help create. Yeah, that makes so much sense. You've also noted that powerful new questions can offer a fresh perspective into any customer anywhere. And I wonder if that ties to this idea of having more than just a once a year check-in with your customers. This idea of having powerful new questions that can empower your customer-facing teams, including your sales teams in the current market, is really intriguing. And can you tell us what some of those powerful new questions that leaders should be asking right now? And how can leaders check in with some of those key customers more than just once a year so that they really understand what's working and what's not working for their customers? Ask the big impact question first. And the big impact question, and the reason I like it is because it it points us in the direction of what's shifting and how the organization works. And that big impact question is, who is our customer now? And if, if you meet with customers and you want to ask them, it would be, who is your customer now? I mean, what we're all experiencing is we've gone through this time of disruption And a lot of organizations are stepping back and saying, is it possible that we're serving someone different? You know, maybe that was a distributor. If you're in a complex, you know, value or supply chain, and and now you're going to shift that to your end user. Maybe it's, you know, if you have internal clients or internal stakeholders, maybe the nature of that is shifting, but really stopping to make sure that we all have the same definition and the current definition of who our customer is. Now, If you're in a sales kind of position, having that conversation with your customer is critical because it's going to change how they see their competitive environment. It's going to change their strategies, how they buy, who's making buying decisions. And it's a thoughtful entry point to acknowledge, hey, something's probably shifted. How can we explore that shift together? Another question that I find incredibly powerful is a little bit of a tweak on something we ask frequently. And I've heard so many businesses ask this, and, and we've all been asked it before in some way, shape, or form, like, how could we make this easy, right? And 
we love that concept. I mean, easy feels great. Who doesn't want something to be easy? I think the challenge with that in question is it implies that we'll get to a destination together, right? Easy is a is a place. And when we get there, we, we know what it is. Reality is so many organizations operate in heavily regulated or complex landscapes where easy might not be a realistic destination. And the tweak I would make to that question that really opens up the conversation and enables you to make progress and to win incrementally along the way is how could we make this easier? Because I think easier says, let's go on a journey together a little bit at a time. Let's try to make it easier without setting this expectation that ultimately the checklist will one day be done. And when it is, we will have arrived at this outcome called easy. I like that. I like the idea that you are partnering with your customers along a journey and that you are in some ways co-creating the outcome. So Karen, you've said that winning greater mindshare and winning greater market share is largely dependent on a company's approach to customer service, to customer success, and to customer satisfaction. So can you tell us a little bit about how creating a customer-centric culture can actually help companies gain mindshare and gain market share in tangible terms? People want to see the link between the work that they're doing and the outcome that gets produced. And what's critical is to make sure that every single person in your organization has the opportunity to see and experience that. And I was thinking about some time that I've spent with a large traditional manufacturing company. And they were thinking about how to refresh their approach. And they had already gone through this motion of kind of changing the definition of their customers. And what they realized was they were needing to make sure that they were really hearing what was being being said and that that notion of we're all in service of the customer was really getting propagated throughout the organization. So they took a really innovative approach. They decided to take people whose jobs do not involve direct customer interface at all and put them through a training program that was fairly expressed for the purpose of giving them the opportunity to do one-on-one conversations or you know, what we might think of as qualitative interviews with customers. And the idea behind it was they wanted that beginner's mind, first of all, you know, someone who's not sort of hearing some of these same discussions over and over. And the other piece is they wanted to see what showed up for them in terms of how they connected the job they did each day with what they heard from the customer. And they had some fascinating discoveries. People started understanding things like, wow, I didn't think that the way that we did, you know, logistics or or packaged when you order multiple things and you get them from us was that big of a deal until I had a conversation with a customer and found out if we partially ship something, you know, it actually helps them have an easier time implementing and keeping themselves moving along versus when we've insisted on your whole order must be checked off and kind of in the box before it comes to you. And these little moves signaled to everyone, every decision we make as a company impacts the customer. Everyone can interface with our customers. And by the way, we're willing to take ideas from anywhere. So this this isn't just the the ownership or the onus falling on the people whose job is day by day to spend time with customers. It's about everybody in the company having a chance to make that connection. Yeah, that's great. Because everyone should be thinking about and owning the customer experience, right? Everyone in the company, if the majority, and in fact, 
the only voice that really matters is the voice of the customer, then the entire company should be curious about that and should have a sense of uh, ownership over that customer relationship that's so pivotal. So I love that. Karen, I got to tell you, you've provided such incredible insight today, and I am so grateful for your time. You've really taught me so much about how to think about customer success differently, but now I'm going to switch gears a little bit and ask about leadership. And I may be a little greedy here because you've already given us incredible insight and great advice dealing with how to really listen to the one source of prosperity and profits, your customers. But when it comes to leadership, what was a piece of leadership advice that you've gained over your uh, career that has really been pivotal to you, that's really made an impact that you can share with the rest of our listeners today? Well, I think about it as coming from a really unlikely source. I mean, from someone who never worked in the corporate world and yet made and left a tremendous impact. And that person is my beloved late grandmother. And a life philosophy that I saw her live out, a leadership philosophy that left a lasting impression on me, it is really summed up best in kind of a two-word question, what matters? And when I think about leadership, you know, one of the challenges is we feel pulled in so many directions. And everything feels important at every given moment and could potentially consume the best of your energy and your focus. And what I've discovered is when I pause long enough to ask that question, what matters, I make some different choices about how I spend my time. You know, I become more conscious that distraction is dismissive when we're in this kind of context, right? If I look away, you know, in the one-on-one or I look distracted with the employee, how does that feel? And so that leadership lesson just sticks with me about what matters because it's such a powerful tool to think about where you spend your best time and energy and effort. And also, I think more importantly than that, to be able to see the person who's on the other side of the task, which sometimes we can miss when we're moving really quickly. And it just, you know, it ties me back to that humanity, which I think is at the core of great leadership. Oh, that's great. I love that. That's something that I can add as a sticky note on my computer and remember every day. So that is lovely. What matters? And ensuring that every decision that you're making throughout the day ladders back to that idea of what really matters. Where am I going to spend my time? And who am I really going to be in conversation with present at that moment, because I want to make sure that the people that I'm in relationship with recognize that they matter to me. So I'm going to be fully present because that matters. That's wonderful. What a really, really rich, but yet simple piece of leadership advice to leave with our entire audience. Karen, again, what a pleasure and what a privilege to have you on Leadership Global. Thank you so much for your time. It's wonderful to be here and I'd be delighted to stay in touch with you and with your followers as well. I'm on Twitter at Karen Manji. I'm on LinkedIn as well. And I'd love to hear what lessons your audience is learning along the way as well. Perfect. Thank you, Karen. And you heard it. She's inviting you to get in touch. So you have her contact information. Feel free. Thank you so much, Karen. Have a great rest of your day. Thanks so much. You too. 
Thank you for joining Leadership Global, a podcast for and about unstoppable women stepping into courage, claiming their power, and embracing bold leadership. Join us each week as we talk to a collection of inspirational women changing the world and tackling the most pressing issues we're facing today as women and as leaders. See you next week. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.